Love Talk Radio. They got to know at some point. Who? Who? The, uh, you know, the, 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 the public. They got to know? Yes. Stan, get with it. Who killed Kennedy? I read the first draft of the Warren Report. It says he was killed by a drunk driver. You watch the for? What do you see day after day? The one smart bomb falling down the chimney. The truth? I was in the building when we shot that shot. We shot it in a studio, Falls Church, Virginia, one-tenth scale model of a building. Is that true? How the fuck do we know? You take my point? Yes. All right. Okay. And you want me to do what? We want you to produce. You want me to produce your war? Not a war. It's a pageant. We need a theme, a song, some visuals. We need, you know, it's a pageant. It's like the Oscars. That's why we came to you. I never won an Oscar. And that's a damn shame you didn't, but you produced the Oscars. Yes, indeed I did. You know, you're a writer. That's your script. You're a director. But if you're the producer, what did you do? See, nobody knows what you do. The producer, I mean, all he's got is the credit. You see? It, it, uh, some plaques on the wall. They don't know what we do. Stan. I don't, don't get me started. Stan. Yes? If you never won an Oscar, how would you like an ambassadorship? An ambassadorship? Yeah. That's my payoff. Well, you tell me what you want. Hell, I just do it for the fun of it. For a story to tell. Oh, no, you couldn't tell anybody. Oh, hey, listen, I'm just kidding. No, 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 you couldn't tell anybody. No, 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 I know. It's just a figure of speech. No, no, no. It's just a, it's a, it's, it's a pageant. It's a pageant. That's what it is. Countries of war. It's Miss America in your bird park. Why Albania? Because, well, they have to have something we want. Well, I'm sure they do. What do we have that they want? Oh, well, freedom? Well, why would they want that? No, 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 no. Fuck freedom. They want to they wanna destroy the godless Satan of the United. They want to destroy our way of life, all right? Okay, okay, okay. The president is in China. He is dealing with the dispatch of the B-3 bomber to Albania. Why? Uh, what? Help me. Well, I mean, what uh, he... Boy, that... Well, all right, all right. Uh, let's see, geopolitically, um, if you... We just found out they have the bomb. We just found out they have the bomb. Good. And, and, no, 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 wait a second, wait, 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 no, wait a second, wait, 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 wait. No, no, the bomb's not there because uh, uh, they, they'd have to have a rocket in that shit, right? And they're, they're, they are a bunch of wallets. No, 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 cross out. All right, so it's a suitcase bomb. I didn't even know I said that. <laughs> it's a suitcase bomb. You don't need missiles. Put a bomb in a suitcase, right? Mm-hmm. It's a suitcase bomb. Yeah, that's suitcase? good. That's a suitcase bomb? Yes. That's it's a suitcase bomb. When it's cooking, it's cooking. We're cooking, and it's in, it's in, it's in Canada. Right? Albanian terrorists have placed a suitcase bomb in Canada in an attempt to infiltrate the bomb into the USA. Oh, that's good. That's huh? good. That's good. That's terrific. And I'll tell you why. It is cost-effective. Well, it's producing. That's what it is. No, it's really great. Oh, listen, I can tell you stories. Cecil B. It took about 20 years before science owned what I was talking about. If you understand epigenetics, you don't need the pharmaceutical industry. That's not in the interest of the, you know, one of the biggest industries on this planet to say, you can heal yourself without drugs? I go, absolutely. Look, I can feed you with an idea that this pill that we just got from the pharmaceutical company, it's the greatest, best thing for your issue. And I give you this pill and you get better. 
And then later you find out it was a sugar pill, and everybody goes, yeah, that's called the placebo effect. And I go, what does it really mean? I said, you didn't get healed by the pill. You got healed by the belief in the pill. At least one-third, minimum of one-third of all medical intervention is uh, it's the placebo effect that, where the healing comes from. Everybody goes, yeah, I know about the placebo. I go, yeah, but that's the result of positive thinking. What about negative thinking? Uh, and this is what we don't talk about, but the reality is it's equally powerful in regard to affecting your biology as is positive thinking, but it works in the opposite direction. A negative thought is called the nocebo effect. can cause any disease and, and you can die. If you believe you're going to die, you can die from the belief. So uh, we really have to watch out because... As psychologists would tell us, 70% or more of our thoughts are negative and redundant, replaying the same negative thoughts. I go, if, if thoughts had nothing to do with it, fine. But thoughts, positive or negative, shape our biology. And all of a sudden it says, well, now it's time to wake up because our negative thinking is, is manifesting a negative life experience. It took about 20 years before science owned what I was talking about and gave it the name epigenetics. That's the new science. Okay, which is the belief that through your behavior you can kind of alter your genetics, pass those on, express it differently. I'm probably using the wrong words. Well, pretty but close right now. People talk about it as a reality, although it's still not totally understood or totally believed. I, uh, well, but it can I, be replicated. It, it is now. Okay. It, it is a science. It's okay. a hard science, and it, it's the leading edge. Now, I, I'll tell you where the problem comes from. Not so much the scientists, but the pharmaceutical industry. And the reason why this becomes important is because the pharmaceutical industry uh, runs the show in medicine. And uh, if you could put this kind of healing that I'm talking about into a capsule or tablet, they'd be talking about it right now. But this is a consciousness healing, and, and you can't sell it. And so what's the result? They're not interested in it. And they, through their money, which is massive, actually determine the curriculum in a medical school. The, and one of the things they're trying to get rid of are people who respond to the placebo effect because the placebo effect throws the data right off the chart. Uh, a, a simple fact is this, and people are, might be upset, but the, the, the drugs like Prozac uh, in laboratory tests are no better than a sugar pill. And that's just how many billions of dollars a day on this planet are spent buying Prozac yes. or statin drugs. Statin drugs help less than 3% of the people that take them. And, in fact, they cause uh, side effects that are dangerous in about 23%. So you help 3% with a drug, 23% are getting toxic from the drug. Uh, and, and the idea is these are drugs that, uh, how long do you take statins? How long do you plan to live? Yeah. Like, oh, my God, that's a, you know, uh, they're drug they're dealers. Look, it's advertised every 10 minutes on television. There's a new drug or a drug and it's put into their heads like, your life's not working right? <gasps> this drug, look at the happy people. See, they've taken the drug and how happy they are. And people buy that story. And, and pharmaceutical drugs kill about 300,000 people a year. Uh, and everybody's, oh, 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 that's just the cost of doing medicine. And yet they have a war on drugs, which kill less than 30,000 people a year. And all of a sudden you got a war because 30,000 people died. 300,000 people died. That's, that's business as usual. How do we break this cycle? How do you fight these huge companies? Um, basically, stop buying the product. And you say, but how can I stop buying the product? And the answer is, well, empower yourself because you're the one uh, that controls all this. Any drug that affects you, you got to understand this. If I take a drug and it affects me, the reason why it affects me is because I have a natural equivalent of that drug in my own biology. 
you don't take a drug and, and it affects you and, and you have a receptor for that drug, uh, like you were having this protein receptor for a drug you may never take, that would be silly. So if you have a receptor for a drug, then by definition, that receptor was already there because there was a natural drug. So, uh, and smoking pot, everyone, oh, no, there's a drug called tetrahydrocannabinol. And guess what? You have receptors for it because you make your own. <laughs> so the idea is this. Well, if, if you want to have the effect of the drug, do you have to take an outside drug? And I say, no, you have to change your consciousness because you already manufacture every equivalent of a drug right now. And the idea is, if you're not manufacturing, then that means your consciousness is not supporting you in your health. And it's really an adjustment of consciousness, not an adjustment of your biology. The subject of our lesson today is developing your strength and courage. This is a part of a series of lessons titled Your Twelvefold Divine Power, Jesus and the Twelve Disciples as You and the twelve disciplines of your mind. This is an esoteric series giving the inner meaning of the various characters, events, and geographical locations mentioned in the Bible. And so we're talking about Jesus and the twelve disciples in terms of the inner meaning, the esoteric meaning, the spiritual meaning. Jesus and the twelve disciples are not simply historical figures. And so we'd like to give you some introductory banter on this subject. Jesus and the twelve disciples as you and the twelve disciplines are attributes of your mind. Jesus is not simply a historical figure or a theological figure, but Jesus is the God-conscious mind in man. And I want to have you repeat it after me as I shall say it again. Jesus is, Jesus is the God-conscious mind in man. Jesus is the God-conscious mind in me. Jesus is this mind within me which knows who and what I am in God and who and what God is in me. This is Jesus. I like the expression that I made in the first lesson in this series where I said that Jesus is not just a historical figure, but Jesus is what's happening right now. So let's say that. Jesus is what's happening right now. 
Within me. Within me. I like that. Jesus is what's happening right now within me. Together. Jesus is what's happening right now within me. No, God is not a has-been. Jesus is not a has-been. Jesus is what's happening right here and right now within me, within my mind, within my consciousness, within my self-awareness. And if I think that Jesus is simply a historical figure or a theological figure, then I miss Jesus. But Jesus is the God-conscious mind within me right here and right now. And the same for the twelve disciples. The twelve disciples are not just a bunch of guys that Jesus scooped up on the waterfront, or from the tax office, or from sitting under the trees in the shade. But the twelve disciples represent the twelve disciplines, the twelve attributes, the twelve functions of the mind of God in man. The twelve disciples represent the twelve functions of mind in me. Repeat after me. The twelve disciples represent the twelve functions of the mind of God in me. And the number twelve is also a very spiritual number laden with esoteric meaning. You find the number 12 in the Bible in many different ways. The 12 sons of Jacob. The 12 tribes of Israel. The 12 seasons of the year. The 12 gates to the New Jerusalem, which really represent the 12 gates of learning. And each disciple of Jesus represents a discipline of your mind, a function of your mind which must be raised to discipleship. You have these twelve functions of mind within your being, and each function must be disciplined, raised to the level of a disciple. For if you do not discipline, train, and teach the twelve aspects of your mind, instead of becoming disciples to serve you, the mastermind, they will just be a band of unruly disservers. You see, the disciplines of your mind will serve your good purposes, or they will disserve you if you do not discipline them. Now, we come to Andrew, the second disciple of Jesus, the God-conscious mind, the mastermind. Because here again, Jesus is the mastermind. And the mastermind disciples the functions of his mind. 
The mastermind disciplines the attributes of his mind. That's why Jesus is known as Master, because he disciplined the attributes of his mind. He trained them. He called them. He taught them to serve God's purpose, to serve the purpose of good. And each individualized mind, which you are, must do the same thing. It is your destiny to become master of your mind and affairs. And I want you to point to yourself and say to yourself, it is my destiny, is my destiny to become master, to become master of, my mind of my mind and the And you see, in order for you to become master of your mind, you must discipline the functions of your mind and raise all 12 functions of your mind to discipleship by teaching and by training. Now, we notice that Simon Peter was the first disciple that Jesus called. Simon meaning hearing. You discipline your hearing to hear the word of God, to hear the word of good. And you so discipline your hearing to hear the word of God, the word of good, and only the word of God, and only the word of good, until it develops rock faith and becomes Peter, Simon Peter. Simon, your disciplined inner ear, hears the word of God until it develops rock faith. And the mastermind gives it the name of Simon Peter, and you have unshakable rock faith in God. You have unshakable self-confidence when you discipline your inner ear to hear only the Word of God. And you become such as the Christian hymn says, on Christ, the solid rock all of the ground is sinking sand. This is Simon Peter. But notice now, that Andrew and Simon Peter are brothers. This tells us something in esoteric science. It tells us that Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, is the second disciple called by Jesus. Andrew means manly, man of strength, meaning that strength is a relative of faith. Courage is a relative of faith. You cannot develop Andrew, which is strength, until first of all you call Simon Peter. You must discipline your hearing of the Word of God, the Word of good. You must discipline your inner ear to hear the Word of God, the Word of good, until it develops rock faith. And then faith develops what? Strength and courage which is Andrew, the second disciple of Jesus, are the second discipline of the God-conscious mind, the second function of the mastermind. When rock faith, represented by Peter, is developed through right hearing, Simon, then strength and courage are called into action. 
Andrew represents the strength and courage quality of your mind, which you, the God-conscious mind, Jesus, must recognize, call, teach, train, discipline, give power, and direct to serve the mastermind's good purpose. Andrew represents the quality of strength and courage among the disciplines of your mind. And your